Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Tonight I, I, I want to speak um, about the spirit life and um, I, I, what I want to do is I, I want to teach on, on how to maintain the spirit life. It, it fits in with what um, Scott Wilson was saying on, on Sunday um, last week, which was an extraordinary message. If you didn't um, hear that, please download that on the podcast because that's a really uh, important message. It fits in with what I spoke about, your thought process as well. And I kind of feel like that these are dovetailing together. And I want to I speak to you about, it's not just your spirit life. It's, it's your spirit life so that you can maintain a prophetic unction, so that you know how to prophesy, so that you know how to speak first over your own life. And uh, there goes Papa. And, uh, <laughs> and how to maintain your own spiritual life, how to prophesy. I, I, I need you to know something. If you don't know, if you don't know how to speak over your own life, if the things that you're saying to yourself are not of the anointing, not in the spirit, then how can you expect to bring a word or a blessing to anyone else? You with me? You, you can't flow. You can't. The, the water that flows out of you can't be bitter and sweet at the same time. So we have to learn how to get that unction flowing in our lives. And um, I, I've um, uh, now was it Gloria? Gloria came up to me and asked for scriptures. I think it was Gloria. Was it Gabby or Gloria? I can't remember. I just saw her. <laughs> it was, and uh, it was just one of them. And uh, they come up and ask for um, uh, for the scriptures for tonight. And, and um, so I've given you some of them, but not all of them, because the first one is Romans chapter eight. Um, and I don't know if you saw that, but Romans chapter eight. Let me read this to you, verse fourteen. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And here's the mystery. The mystery of the spirit life is often lost on us as we try and negotiate our day-to-day. There is a supernatural life of the spirit of God. As, you, as we come to church, as we believe in God, as we pray, we know that there is an anointing in the spirit. And here's the, here's the kind of the, the conflict. The conflict is this, that um, as we... Um, as we pray and as we seek God, we, we get a sense of his spirit uh, and we, we see God do things. But then we go back and we, we just have to live life and we have to face life's challenges. And as we face life's challenges, that kicks off in us thought processes which are not spirit but carnal. Mm-hmm. And when I say carnal, I don't mean of itself necessary 
sinful, I just mean not spirit. So what happens is that it kicks off a thought process that isn't of the spirit of God. So, and those are the thought processes we're most comfortable with. Mm. We're comfortable with that thought life. We're comfortable with thinking thoughts about ourselves, about life, about just goes, we just go, it just goes over and over and over in our head. And then what happens is that we just used to that life. And then what happens is somebody says, oh, um, I, my mum's really sick. I wonder if you can pray or this is happening. I've got this dead and I need, I need situation now. And you're thinking to yourself, right, uh, I need to, I need the spirit. I need to, where is the spirit? <laughs> Where's the words? And, and you pray, but there, there isn't the unction of the word in your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Because you wasn't in the spirit. You wasn't walking with the spirit. Now, I'm speaking from experience here. So I'm not describing you. I'm describing us. this is how we are we find ourselves often lacking the very substance of the things that we spend our whole life dreaming and praying for because we haven't maintained a spirit life if we are the bible says here for as many are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And so we have to understand that your spirit life is your inheritance life. Yeah. It's your life of right. It's not, a, it's not I'm going to be mystical. I'm going to be spiritual. Your spirit life is the life of your inheritance mm. in Father God. It's the yeah. definition that you are a child of God. If you're a child of God, then you should have the spirit of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And so I want to, what I want to do is I want to go through this process of thinking. For there is, a, there is a cyclical cycle. There's a cycle of thinking, of process, of how things work through our life. Be it spirit or carnal. Mm-hmm. All right. Flesh or, or spirit. Yeah. And it goes like this. It goes, think, speak, do, think. Think, speak, do, think. We think, we we dream, we desire, we, we imagine, we hope, we believe, we think. Amen? All of those things are connected to your thought life. All right? And so we think in those manner. We think in these things. And then we speak. We begin to say. We begin to speak out. Um, we begin to prophesy and confess. We confess things. Now, we do all of those things, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, but we still do them. Yeah. Yeah. There are things we confess that have got nothing to do with the Spirit of God, but we're still confessing them. Yeah. And everything that we think and everything that we say has power mm. over our life. Mm. Yeah. And the net result of, of thinking and saying is doing. Mm. Yeah. And doing is the action of our thoughts. It's the life that we live. It's the, we do by imitation. We do by imagination. We do by the actions of the habits of past. There is an action that follows the thinking and the speaking of our life. Yeah. 
And so if I want to minister and I want to be a spirit-led believer who sees God do supernatural things on a natural basis, I've got to learn how to shift and change the thinking and the speaking and the declaring of my life. Because at the end of the day, it's the doing that makes the difference. It's the doing. We spend a lot of time thinking, talking about thinking and speaking, but ultimately it's the doing that does it. Isn't it? It's like, um, if I want to make some furniture, it doesn't matter how much I imagine, dream it up. I spend a longer time, if I'm making something new that I haven't made before, I'll just have that thing musing away in my brain for weeks, could be months. How do I do this? What will it look like? What's the best thing? I look at other pieces of furniture or something and I'll look at it and go, what did they do? How did that work? Could I do the same? Do I have the tools? Is there a shortcut? How does that? And so I think about it. And then I speak about it. Once I start speaking, it gets, um, we're getting close now. I start saying to Cheryl, I think I'm going to make this. I think I'm speaking about the things. There are things in the house I want to make. I've yet to resolve. I've yet to resolve the the challenges of, of, of those things we've got in our wardrobes. Uh, we've got these wardrobes that are built into the room um, and the doors, it's, it's like, I want drawers in there, but if I put drawers, I lose all this space that's, at the moment, it's just got stuff. You know, if, you, if you've just got a shelf, shelves become like junk, don't they? You're like, but if you've got drawers, you can contain the junk into certain spaces and... Uh, I want to put drawers, but I, I want to maximize the space as well. I, I want to see, I want to use all the space. So I haven't resolved that in my head yet. And so I speak about it, and I think about it, and I speak about it. But if I don't ever build it, yeah. it's utterly pointless. It's irrelevant. You with me here? Yeah. Here's the thing. You're doing all the time. You're yeah. doing things in life all the time. But if you're doing isn't producing the kingdom of God, what you're doing is just the natural life and not the life that God has ordained for you. And so there is a doing in the kingdom of God. And so I want to start off by coming back to the thinking. It says in in Proverbs 23, 6, we often quote this, we quote verse 7, but I'm going to read from verse 6. For in verse 7 it says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. For, or as he thinks in his heart. I'm going to read from verse 6 because without verse 6, verse 7 is, can, can be easily taken out of context. And the point of it entirely missed. Verse 6 says this, Do not eat bread, do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. My father used to um, deliver paraffin to a used to deliver paraffin to a, a, a lady who had a very large house um, near our, near our village, uh, and she rented all sorts of houses to other people. And she was a miser; she was an old-fashioned classic miser. She she um, would wouldn't have a uh, she wouldn't use electricity. She wouldn't use the light bulbs or anything, they were always off. 
she, for some reason, stored lots of newspapers, and she would hide all her cash in the newspapers. <laughs> so she'd have stacks of money, and her cash was just in there. And um, she would have a torch, and she would walk around with the torch, and she would flash it on and off so as to save power, and she would have stacks of batteries keeping warm on the stove. And this woman was very, very wealthy. She owned lots of property, and she had lots of money coming in. And, and every time Dad would deliver something, she would stand there for ages, and she would get, like, a five pound. She'd get it out of the wallet, she would give it to him, and then she would take it back. And then she would <laughs> make sure it wasn't two five-pound notes. <laughs> <laughs> and she would give it to her, and Dad would have to stand there going, just this, all the time, until eventually she decided it was the five-pound note that she had given him. She was a miser. And here's the thing about misers, right? Even if they give you food, he says, don't desire, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What it means is, regardless, regardless of what a miser does, He's still a miser, right? And so his thinking, what this verse is saying is your thinking is positional. That regardless of what you do on the outside, if your thinking isn't positioned right, you're still going to be the person that you, you are according to your thinking, not according to the thing you're doing right now. So you're thinking, because we can, we can do all sorts of things. We can do things. So we can even pray, oh, I'm going to pray for someone. I'm going to believe. But if our heart isn't in the position of a person who thinks according to the things of God, we might be doing, we might be doing this, but we're not really there. Our mind isn't there, our heart isn't there, our heart is in the place of unbelief that goes, I don't really know whether this works. Are you with me here? And so you're thinking, if we're going to get, because what I want to do tonight is I want to get you to start prophesying over yourself. And we're going to speak, Cheryl, just release some prophetic um, over um, Brian and Ruth. Uh, and over Felipe, and we're going to do some more of that tonight. We're going to release the prophetic. But I, I encourage you, if you don't know how to speak over yourself, if you want to learn how to speak the words of God, you've got to be able to speak it over yourself because over yourself is, is where the heart is truly revealed. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I want you to do first is understand is your thinking is positioning you. Are you thinking the things of God? How is your thinking What's your thinking life like in terms of the position of your heart? How you, are you thinking like a miser or are you thinking like a person who's afraid? Are you thinking like a person? I mean, you can be coming to church, but, but your thinking, if your thinking is still in that place of defeat, that's where you are. That's where you are. But here's the deal. The Bible says you're a son of God. Mm. Why would you be thinking anything else? So we have to change. But the Bible says that we are, we are, um, first natural, first the natural comes and then the spirit. So we're born natural, but then we're born again of the spirit. And so we have to learn how to walk in the 
ways of God. Are you with me here? We have to learn how to walk in the spirit and start confessing, believing and repositioning the very core of who we are. I've said it many times, it's in Romans, that if you confess with your heart and believe, um, confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, believing is part of your thinking. Are you with me? And so we've got to understand that it's, it's part of your repositioning. You've got to, you've, we've got to deal with the, the issues um, of our negative thinking. And here's the thing. Here's just a, here's a thought, right? Most of us keep going back to the same old, same old, the failures, the disappointments, the hurts. We go back to there because we feel it's unresolved. We feel it's unresolved. Have you ever had a song stuck in your head that you can't? <laughs> you had a song, it just keeps going on and on. You can't. Do you know why you can't? Do you know why you can't get rid of the song? Because you can't finish it. You can't finish the song. And I realized, when I realized that, I, I thought, right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sing a song that I can finish. I used to, I used to sing the national anthem because I knew that I could sing that. So. <laughs> God save. Anyway, so <laughs> I was singing national anthem. It's just bizarre. It's just it was just a tune that came into my head. I don't know where it came from. My <laughs> Maybe I'm prophesying over our queen. That's what <laughs> Maybe that's why she lives so long. I don't know. So <laughs> and so and so because if you're thinking, it keeps take, if we we think about the things that we can't resolve. And if there's hurts and disappointments, but, yeah. but listen, you can't resolve it by going back and rethinking it. You can't resolve it by going back. It's, it would be like getting a bramble thistle stuck in your hand and then going, I've got to go back to the bramble bush to find out why I got a thistle. <laughs> you would you would end up with another thistle. And that's what we end up with, our thinking, because we keep going back to where we were thinking before. Does that make sense to you? And so to shift your thinking, we have to make a decision that is, well, you know what? I'm pulling that out of my life. That, that's now going. I don't need to go back to the past to resolve that, because if I go back to that place, I'm just going to get more trouble. I'm not going back there. I'm, I'm here now. This is where I am. Yeah. I'm not going to try and... See, here, here's something else I, I need you to understand about, about your thinking is that we, we, we speak a lot of judgment over ourselves. Yes. And we speak judgment over ourselves and we measure our life as current circumstances based on the judgment of our own past mistakes, failures, disappointments, hurts, yeah. that yeah. kind of stuff. We measure that. Yeah. So we get to the place and we, we judge ourselves and we... Have it all tell ourselves a good telling off. Why did you do that? Idiot. That's called going back to the bramble bush, by the way. That's, that's, so we, 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 we do all of those things. But what we need to understand is that the Spirit wants you to resolve your current position as a place from where He can bless you. Are you with me here? Yeah. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. purpose. You're a child. Are you a child of God? Yeah. Yeah. 
you're a child of God in this house. You're a child of God. If you're a child of God, you're calling according to his purpose. Well, I messed up. doesn't matter. I made a mistake. Who cares? I didn't do that right. doesn't matter. Well, I, I need to correct it. No, you don't. What do you mean I don't need to go? You don't need to correct it. I tell you what you need to do. You need to trust God because the position you're in right now, in your life, in your thinking, in your place, the position is, is the position that he's going to launch his blessings over your life from. End of story. Full stop. That's what, because that's how you reposition your thinking. That's how you reposition. From this place, I'm blessed. Irrelevant of my failure, from this place, I'm blessed. From this place, I, I may have, you, you may have gotten into all sorts of dark things in your thinking, in your life. It may have opened up sins. But that's irrelevant, right? Jesus, I, I'm sorry for my sin right now. If you've done that, if you've already done that, and, I, and I, every Christian I ever speak to, I say, have you confessed your sin to the Father? Have you, have you gone to him? Have you, have you, yeah, yeah, I did that. Then what's your problem? Do you want him to punish you a little bit more so that you feel like you've resolved the issue? Do you want what, what do you want to happen now? All right, do you want to, how do you resolve your own sorrow? Well, this is how you re- resolve your own sorrow stop slapping yourself around the face, stop punishing yourself, get your thinking in a healthy place where your ability to be able to speak out and just come into that place where Jesus, from this place, I'm blessed. See, that's how you get your thinking. I can't tell you the times I've just sat in, in um, upstairs in the counseling room and just speaking to people. And, and you know what? This is what I've discovered. We're all exactly the same in our thinking. Yes. We just, um, Cheryl and I just, we just sit and have the same conversation with everybody. It's really easy. Pastoring is quite easy, actually. I <laughs> just go, oh, yeah, I remember this. It wasn't, it wasn't with you, but it was with somebody else. But it's the same conversation because we're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. You understand me now? Yeah. So here's the deal, right? When you start to deal with your thinking, then we start to deal with our speaking, right? Now, we know that what comes out of our mouth is a really, really important, it's one of the most powerful things, because the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So it says in, I want you to see this. I, 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 want, I want you to see this. This is just so amazing. Matthew 17, verse 20, says this. So Jesus said to them, these are the disciples who couldn't cast out the, the, the spirit, all right? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have a faith of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move, it will move, and nothing will be impossible. Now, how many of you love that scripture and find it just, it kicks you up the backside every time because you're going, 
yeah, it's not quite working for me. <laughs> Who's with me now? Yeah? Right. Now listen. This is because we are like the disciples who are asking Jesus, why didn't this work? Ever ask that question? Why didn't this work? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Now listen. (laughs) Listen to this. The disciples didn't know they had unbelief. They thought they had belief. They, they, were, they, were, they were, come out in the name of Jesus, you vile, filthy spirit. This isn't working. Come out now. It's not working. They're, they're screaming, they're shouting, they're hollering, they're pouring oil. They're doing everything that they can imagine to do to get them. They think they have faith. Ever prayed a prayer for someone and thinking you have faith and still not, nothing happens. Why didn't it happen? I had faith. Jesus goes... Yeah, it's because of your unbelief. <laughs> well, I thought I had faith. I had all the faith that I knew to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Jesus goes and he just goes, yeah. The thing is, with this one, you've got to pray and fast. In other words, your relationship with Father God in your prayer and fasting releases a dimension of faith and authority that is not found in the normal Christian life. Are you with me here? Yeah. So, so he's saying to the disciples, look, you thought you had faith, but you didn't have the sufficient faith and relationship. You hadn't stepped into that dimension of faith to be able to speak with authority. And by the way, that dimension of faith is only as big as a mustard seed. So I don't know how much faith we've actually got. Because <laughs> so he, he says, you only need faith as much as, as, as a mustard seed. It's not because it's not its size. It's to do with its, its potential, its power, yeah. its ability to shift. Yeah. All right? So what, is, what you've got to understand is this, is that the disciples simply didn't have their thinking, their relationship side of their thinking, their application to spend time. They just watch Jesus do things and think, I'll just do that. But they haven't developed their relationship. So their thinking side was, 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 uh, their thinking was, was reduced. It was, it was held back, constrained, and it meant that their speaking had no power. Jesus said, get your, get your faith sorted out. In other words, go and pray and fast. And prayer and fasting will change your thinking. Right. And changing your thinking will change your speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Is this making sense to you yeah. tonight? Yeah. What we're going to do in a bit is we're going to come back to, I just want to speak a little bit about doing, is that in 1 Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, I want to show you something. Um, sorry, Gabby, I didn't, um, um, I couldn't see who was up the back there, but I realized it was Gabby when I saw Gloria sitting over there. <laughs> and uh, so in, one, in 2 Timothy 1, 5 to 8, it says this, When I call to remembrance, this is, a, this is an amazing scripture. 2 Timothy 1, 5, 8. Isn't it funny how often I say that, right? 
<laughs> this is an amazing scripture. It's like, yeah, it's the Bible. Um, <laughs> when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also, therefore... I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So we find here that Paul, that Tim, Paul is inspiring Timothy by two things. First off, he's saying, Timothy, you have the spirit of God in you because of a generational blessing that was first in your grandmother and then in your, in, in your mother and now is in you. So you've inherited a, a, a dimension of faith. That's why it's important to be in the house of God. That's why it's important to raise your kids in the house of God. That's why it's important that your kids understand what it is to be in the house of God because you are transferring a line of blessing into their lives that will significantly empower their voice and their ability to, to minister in the things of God. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Brian and Jean sitting behind Brian and Ruth and Andy. <laughs> it's been adopted. And, uh, <laughs> generational lines are blessing. There's generational lines. And here we understand that but Paul is going, <laughs> just give him a cuddle. And uh, <laughs> he's very cuddly. So. <laughs> Therefore, I remind you to stir up. See, Paul, Paul is saying this. Listen, there is a line of blessing on your life. Understand who you are. He's speaking to his thought life again. He's speaking to how he perceives himself. This is his thought life. By the way, your emotions are connected to your thought life. You're thinking, well, what about your emotions? Your emotions are connected to your thought life. Your emotions are thinking without reason. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very good. Mm. You, you, when you feel something, you, you go, I feel. And what you're saying is, I think this is such and such, but I have no reasonable explanation why. <laughs> I haven't thought it through. I haven't, I haven't reasoned with myself over it. I just feel it. When you're angry, you don't reason with yourself. You accept that you're angry and you just go with it. (laughs) And you have to just kind of, when you start reasoning with your own anger, you get disappointed because you find that you're not so angry anymore. (laughs) And you want to be angry. That's the problem with emotion. (laughs) You start reasoning with these feelings. You start containing them and they start becoming reasonable. And and then they're no longer, the the power of that thing is is no longer so potent. And uh, you start getting control of it. So you're thinking... Your feelings are to do with your thinking. You just you just got to reason with them a bit if they're um, going somewhere crazy. <laughs> All right? He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. In other words, according to your thinking and your speaking, stir up that which is God. In other words, start doing 
what you know, who you are. Start being that person because you've received it according to the Spirit of God. That which, that which I laid my hands on you, you've had laid, hands laid on you, now stir it up. Now that's a powerful thing because we lay hands on people because we transfer. I spoke last week about impartation. We transfer the anointing. We transfer that which is of God. Christ means Jesus Christ. Cheryl was speaking about this um, when she started. Jesus, who is the, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. He is the anointed. So we use the word Christ knowing that he is the Christ, he's the Son of God, that, that description, it means he is the anointed one. He's a, see, we understand the power of that anointing. So if he's the anointed one and his anointing has touched you, wait a sec, his anointing has touched you, we need to reposition our thinking so that we're now in agreement with the anointing that's on our lives and start stirring up. I've been called by God to do this. I'm not going to measure myself according to that past failure, but I know what I know that God's hand is upon me to bless me and enable me to walk in understanding in the future. I'm not going to... I'm not going to trip over myself again. I don't know what mistakes I will make in the future, but I know that God will powerfully anoint me, be with me, lead me. I'm speaking out over my life a line of blessing. This is how we minister in the spirit, okay? This is how we begin to minister to ourselves in the supernatural realm. I hope I, I haven't like just thrown too much on you. Because uh, <laughs> I know I've, I've spoken about a lot of things, right? But what I, I want to—I wonder if we can have the um, the keys, son. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna. I, what I want to do is I want to start sort of prophesying. We're going to just start prophesying over one or two people. But what I want you to do is I want you to learn how to prophesy over yourself. Right. And that's really, it's like, oh, what? Can I speak? Because it's, it's quite easy to speak blessings over someone. Yeah. All right. Um, prophecy, if you, if you want to prophesy, just bless someone, right? Because when you bless, you bring the impartation of heaven with you. So your words are, have prophetic power to cause those things to happen, to be. Does that make sense to you? And so, well, I, I, I don't know whether God's saying, if, you're, if it's a blessing it's coming out of your mouth, it's God. Right? Because it's a blessing. All blessings come from heaven. It's a blessing. It's a, it's a word of encouragement. The Bible tells us, tells us to lift up, to exalt. In Corinthians, Paul says, I wish that you all speak in tongues, All is everyone. <laughs> in case anyone had it out, well, I don't. I don't think speaking tongues for me. I wish that you all speak in tongues, but more than that, I wish that you prophesy. In other words, there's one thing that we have to do: we have to pray in tongues. But more than praying tongues, we have to prophesy. Yes. Now, if you pray in tongues, for um, the uh, Jackie Pullinger wrote a book many, many decades ago now. 
saying that if you pray in tongues for 15 minutes every day, your life will dramatically change. Uh, and it's, it's just one of the, I mean, it's, it's not in the Bible, right? <laughs> 15 minutes, it's like, <laughs> so, but it's, it's, a, it's a good discipline, right? But if you, but who prophesies for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour every day? Are you with me here? So if, you can, if your prayer life has the life of the Spirit and you can pray from the Spirit, you can sing in the Spirit, as, as Scott Wilson was speaking last week, you can sing in the Spirit. If you can do those things, then you've got to prophesy in the Spirit. And to prophesy in the Spirit is to speak over yourself. So, um... Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.